Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, February 7th, 2019. As you might imagine, the, um, <laughs> the Nefarium has been busy this past week. Um, just a quick reminder, though, tomorrow we do have a member's vid chat that will be at uh, 2 o'clock U.S. Central Time. That's our European African members time zone vid chat. And also, I wanted to remind everybody that um, we will probably start early. Um, I'm going to probably be in there for pre-chat between 11 and noon. So just a reminder, the vid chat's coming up tomorrow. Now, this week has been a busy week for the Nefarium. The Pope, uh, I was originally going to talk about this, but then I thought, no, I better not because it's too complicated, and I'll get a lot of people upset. Uh, but the Pope and an imam, the leading imam in Morocco, have signed a statement, a declaration, um, that is uh, calling for people of faith, you know, that worship the same God, uh, should all get together and quit hating each other. Um, lots going on there, but in its own way, it's tied, I think, to this story that uh, appeared on Zero Hedge. And this is probably going to be one of our shortest news and views because of this story, but it's very, very interesting to me because... Um, it's, it's a story that shows the breakdown of, of the, the global loney paradigm. Let's, let's just put it that way. In my opinion, uh, the story is from Zero Hedge, and the title of the story is France Recalls Ambassador from Italy After Unprecedented Verbal Attacks. And I want to read this entire article to you and highlight a couple of paragraphs and what I think may be going on and then try and tie it back in a little bit into the story about the Pope and the Imam. Anyway, here we go. The diplomatic row between France and Italy is escalating. More than half a year after Italy summoned the French ambassador over Europe's migrant row, on Thursday, France one-upped Italy when it announced it would recall its ambassador to Italy, citing, quote, outrageous verbal attacks, repeating meddling in its domestic affairs and unacceptable provocations. All right, now let's stop right there. This is because Luigi Di Maio, the deputy uh, premier in uh, Italy, recently met with a group of leaders of the French Yellow Vest protest movement. And uh, to me, this just highlights the hypocrisy of the EU. It's okay for France and Germany, via their basic control of Brussels, to interfere with the, foreign po the internal domestic policies of other countries by bringing in a bunch of refugees uh, but it's not okay for Italy to turn around and do the same. So in other words, I think what the Italians are doing here very intentionally is that they are using episodes like this to expose the hypocrisy of the EU and the unworkability of Angela Merkel's uh, open borders policies. Continuing. The French foreign ministry said the decision was taken following a meeting between Italy's deputy premier, Luigi Di Maio, and leaders of the French Yellow Vest protester movement, trumpeting his support for the grassroots protest in defiance 
of President Emmanuel Macron. And one individual who sent me this story even went so far as to offer the opinion, and I happen to agree with him, that Emmanuel Macron has such thin skin that it, the Italian leaders are using this uh, against him, provoking him into these types of reactions. And of course, Macron speaks for the French government, but you can bet that the shutting down or, or recalling of the French ambassador from Italy is not going to play well with many of his constituents and citizens in France. But anyway, continuing, quote, this is unprecedented since the war, unquote, the foreign ministry said in an emailed statement on Thursday, quote, having disagreements is one thing, but using the relationship, listen to this now, and just, just plug into the hypocrisy now that is being exhibited in terms of the structure of the European Union itself. Having disagreements is one thing, but using the relationship for electoral purposes is quite another. Now, I, you know, I, I would I would turn that question right back around on the French foreign ministry, and for that matter, the German foreign ministry, uh, at just and ask them exactly what have you been doing uh, in the guise of the EU. So, in other words, what's really being exhibited by this is that there is no EU per se. There's a bunch of bureaucrats, and what they are attempting to do is get rid of national sovereignty, and they have been meddling in the internal uh, electoral processes of other countries in Europe in a variety of ways. So in other words, again, I think what Italy is doing here is it's, it's deliberately showing the vast hypocrisy for all to see. Anyway, continuing. Luigi Di Maio, Italy's deputy prime minister and leader of the anti-establishment five-star movement, hailed the winds of change across the Alps yesterday on Twitter after a meeting of Yellow Vest activist Christophe Chanson and Ingrid Levavas, I believe is her name. The latest interference is an additional and unacceptable provocation, according to a statement issued by the foreign ministry on Thursday. It added that this, this quote, listen to this, violates the respect that democratically and freely elected governments owe each other, unquote. Now, wait a minute. The French foreign ministry has now just stated that France is a sovereign country, Italy is a sovereign country, but I thought the EU was supposed to be about everybody gradually giving up their sovereignty. So in other words, Apparently, it's okay when certain countries in the EU, namely France and Germany, decide that they want a particular policy, but it's not okay if other sovereign countries in the EU, namely Italy, <laughs> want a different policy. So, folks, I, you know, I, I have to laugh at this because this is encapsulating the whole problem with the EU, all right? This, this is highlighting it crystal clear for all to see. Continuing, all these acts create a serious situation that questions the intentions of the, of the Italian government toward France. Wait a minute, Emmanuel. What do you think your policies and your predecessors' policies, Francois Hollande, Nicolas Sarkozy, and, of course, uh, the Chancellor in, in Berlin, what do you think your policies have been doing to other countries? All right, this... <laughs> Uh, it's wonderful, folks. 
A diplomatic feud has been growing between Paris and Rome over repeated expression of support for the yellow vest protests coming from top Italian officials. Well, um, wait a minute. I seem to remember France issuing similar statements prior to the Italian election. So again, it's okay for us, but not okay for you. This is the double standard uh, that people pretty much everywhere in the Western world are getting sick of. It's okay for the globalists, the internationalists, in other words, the leftists, to get away with this stuff. But God help you if you should try and stand up for your national culture and your national sovereignty. Anyway, continuing, <clears throat> a diplomatic feud has been growing between Paris and Rome over repeated expressions of support for the Yellow Vest protests coming from top Italian officials. De Maio's co-deputy prime minister, Matteo Salvini, said this week that the French people, quote, will be able to free themselves from a terrible president, unquote, in May after the European parliamentary elections take place. And that's the key right there, in my opinion, as to what the game Italy is playing has been. Uh, there have been commentators in Italy, Tom DeLongo being among them, that have suggested that the real target of the Italian effort here are these European parliamentary elections where they're hoping to pick up seats in the European Parliament. And I, my prediction is they probably will. And what this means is, in addition now to Marine Le Pen and Nigel Farage in the European Parliament, you're going to have a new group of people that are going to be even more vociferous in the European Parliament. So guess what, Guy Verhofstadt, you're going to have even more people uh, gunning for you in the European Parliament. Now, um, I promised to say something about what this might portend with the Pope and the Imam meeting recently. I, I have always viewed the ecumenical movement as a, a similar... Uh, type of process that they have been, the global loneliness have been trying to put into place that will try to duplicate in religion what they are attempting to do or have attempted to do with the European Union, the free trade agreements, and so on. And that is to get everybody to negotiate away, and please hear my words now, get everybody to negotiate away their national, cultural, and or religious identity. That is to say, their sovereignty, all right? And I suspect if you look at the ecumenical movement, you can find similar processes going on there, the Pope and the Imam, and their statement being a recent example of this. Now, I suspect that the pushback that we're seeing beginning in Europe uh, that is spreading elsewhere I suspect that you're going to see a similar pushback eventually occur within the ecumenical movement. And just as I've been predicting that the European Union, because largely of Italy's opposition now, this is no longer a minor country in Europe. This is one of the major European economic powers pushing back against the dictates of, of Berlin and Brussels. I think it means that the European Union, if it is to survive at all, is going to have to restructure itself. And as a result of that, that restructuring is going to have to include something about national sovereignty and preservation of national culture. This is really 
the the backlash that you see in Italy, Austria, Hungary, Germany, the Netherlands, and so on. Uh, I think you're going to see a similar thing happen eventually in the ecumenical movement as people realize, wake up and realize that this has done nothing but gut their own churches, religions, or whatever, and in return for it, they've, they've basically got nothing out of it. So I think you're going to see eventually a similar type of restructuring of the ecumenical movement. In other words, the paradigm is breaking down. And it's breaking down, again, because as I've said many times, the technocrats have no use nor under, real understanding of culture and its necessity as a matrix in which people make economic, financial, and, and policy decisions. So this is going to be an interesting, to interesting one to watch here, folks. I don't see Italy backing down. I don't see Emmanuel Macron backing down, but he's playing a losing game because as you've listened to this article, every statement that France is making is showing up the hypocrisy, the institutionalized hypocrisy of the European Union. So Italy is playing a very interesting diplomatic game here. There's no way I, I see them backing off uh, until after the European parliamentary elections. And I think that's going to be the bellwether for the next big round of changes coming in Europe. Anyway, that's it. Don't forget tomorrow, uh, the vid chat. I want to thank everybody. You've been finding enormous amounts of articles. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm truly thankful to all of you that have been sending these things in because it's just, it's, it's mind boggling what I'm seeing. Anyway, I hope to see everybody tomorrow in the vid chat. We'll see everybody else later on. Bye-bye. And I'll see you on the flip side.